In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, one God, Amen. Uh, we celebrate tonight the Vespers of the Feast of Circumcision. And the Feast of Circumcision happened, we celebrate the circumcision of our Lord Jesus Christ, which happened, according to the Jewish tradition, on the eighth day of the birth of the child. And this was a covenant made between God and Abraham. As you read in chapter 17 from the book of Genesis, God asked Abraham to circumcise every male uh, on the eighth day. And the person who is circumcised means he entered into the house of God. He became a member in the family of God. He became from the people of God. And what is the meaning of circumcision? The foreskin is known that with its sensitivity. So sensitivity to the sexual instinct. So cutting of the foreskin is a symbol of purity. So God chose this sign, circumcision, in order to be the sign of the covenant between the people and God, and more accurately, between the individual and God. And the individual become a member in the family of God, in the people of God. Which means that purity is an essential element in entering in a covenant with God. That's why God chose circumcision in particular to be the symbol of this covenant. Because he want to tell us that purity, God is pure, God is holy, I cannot be in the family of the Holy One. I cannot be a member in the people of God who is pure unless I myself lived the life of purity. But the Jewish people understood it as a sign in the flesh and they forgot its spiritual meaning. They kept the letter and they ignored the spirit. And from the Old Testament, we know that God didn't mean the literal cutting off of the skin, of the forest skin. Because God spoke about those who are 
uncircumcised in their lips. For example, in Genesis, uh, sorry, in Exodus chapter 6 and verse uh, 12, when Moses stood before God, he said to him, Moses spoke before the Lord saying, the children of Israel have not heeded me. How then shall Pharaoh heed me? For I am of uncircumcised lips. What did he mean by uncircumcised lips? Meaning that my mouth is not pure, is not clean. I, I don't have the wisdom of speech. I don't know how to speak wisely. So how can Pharaoh listen to me if the children of Israel did not heed my words? How Pharaoh will, not, will listen to me? I with uncircumcised lips means my lips are not wise. My words are not wise enough, not pure enough to convince uh, Pharaoh. Also, uh, although he did not use the word uh, uncircumcised, but in Isaiah chapter 6 and verse 5, when Isaiah saw the glory of God, so Isaiah said to God, Woe is me, for I am undone. Because I am a man of unclean lips. Unclean lips, exactly the same like uncircumcised lips. And I dwell in the midst of the people of unclean lips. For my eyes have seen the King, the Lord of hosts. What happened? Then one of the seraphim flew to me having in his hand a live coal, which he had taken with tongues from the altar. And he touched my mouth with it and said, Behold, this has touched your lips. Your iniquity is taken away and your sin purged. And after God actually, through the seraphim, purified the lips of Isaiah, then God uh, said, Whom shall I send? And Isaiah said, Here I am, O Lord, send me. Now his lips are clean and pure. They can utter the words of God. So we hear about the lips that are not circumcised. Not only that, but we read also about ears that are not circumcised. Like in Jeremiah chapter 6 and verse 10. To whom shall I speak and give warning that they may hear? Indeed, their ear is uncircumcised. And they cannot give heed, they cannot pay attention, they cannot listen. 
Behold, the word of the Lord is a reproach to them. They have no delight in it. So these people did not like to hear, to hear the word of God because the word of God rebuked them, is a reproach to them. That's why they blocked their ears from listening, as if they put foreskin on their ears, and now their ears became uncircumcised, as we read in our Jeremiah 6.10. So, the impure ear is the ear that does not listen or refuse to listen to the commandment of God. This is uncircumcised ear, unclean, unpure, impure ear. So, also the ear that hear the bad words, the words of the world, the words of the devil, also it is uncircumcised ear, because this ear allow what is bad, what's evil, to go inside the mind and the heart and block the word of God. So, we spoke about the lips that are not circumcised, the ears that are not circumcised. The Bible also speaks about hearts that are not circumcised. In Jeremiah chapter 4 and verse 4, Jeremiah says, Circumcise yourselves to the Lord and take away the foreskins of your hearts. Take away the foreskins of your hearts, you men of Judah and inhabitants of Jerusalem, lest my fury come forth like fire and burn so that no one can quench it because of the evil of your doing. So, what is the heart that is uncircumcised? This heart is impure heart, unclean heart, sensitive to the lusts of the world, sensitive to the pleasures of the world. And because this heart is sensitive and attracted to the pleasures and lusts of the world, cannot actually be attracted to God, or to the Word of God, or to the virtue, or to the fruit of the Holy Spirit. What makes the heart uncircumcised? or the lips uncircumcised, or the ears uncircumcised. It is our disobedience to God. When we disobey God, then our hearts, our ears, our lips become uncircumcised. In the Bible, there is connection between circumcision and obedience. For example, in Deuteronomy chapter 10 and verse 16, Deuteronomy 10, 16, we read, Therefore, circumcise the foreskin of your heart. 
circumcise the foreskin of your heart and be stiff-necked no longer. Don't be stiff-necked. So when he said circumcise the foreskin of your heart, immediately said be stiff-necked no longer. The stubbornness, the disobedience, the arrogance will block the person from becoming clean before God and pure before God. Also in Deuteronomy, he spoke about this procedure when God actually circumcised the heart of the person. In Deuteronomy chapter 30 and verse 6, Moses said to them, And the Lord your God will circumcise your heart and the heart of your descendant to the love, to love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul that you may live. Beautiful. Meaning, God will bring his knife and then will, he will remove the foreskin of impurity, the foreskin of uncleanness from my heart. As if he is making a surgery in my heart to remove everything that is unclean, impure. Then you will be able to love the Lord your God from all your heart and from all your soul. So what is blocking me from loving God from all my heart if still there is for a skin of uh, impurity or uncleanness? So God actually will remove completely all the desires of the world, all the love of the world from your heart. So my heart will be totally consecrated to God and I will be able to love God from all my heart from all my soul. This understanding was also very clear in the children of God. When St. Stephen gave his uh, sermon uh, in Acts chapter 7, his speech, so he told them in Acts 7 and verse 51, you stiff-necked and uncircumcised in heart and ears. And I want you to see the connection here. How St. Stephen considered them uncircumcised in heart and ear because of their stubbornness. Jesus Christ came in order to cleanse our heart, in order to create a new nature in me, in order to create a new heart in me, by the resisted to accept the Lord Jesus Christ as their Lord and as their Savior. So St. Stephen told them, you stiff-necked and uncircumcised in heart and ears, you always resisted the Holy Spirit as your fathers did, so do you. You always resisted the Holy Spirit, meaning they were stubborn. They did not listen to the Holy Spirit. They did not listen to the Word of God. So, 
Here actually is very clear that the stubbornness and resisting the work of the Holy Spirit in me make me uh, uncircumcised in my heart, in my ear, in my lips because I will be unclean. The Lord Jesus Christ on the eighth day, he accepted circumcision unto himself in order to fulfill the law, in order not to be found breaking the law. But St. Paul in Romans chapter 15 and verse 8, he described the Lord Jesus Christ as a servant of circumcision. Uh, in Romans 8 and verse uh, Romans 15 verse 8 he said now I say that Jesus Christ has become a servant to the circumcision for the truth of God to confirm the promises made to the fathers. So what does it mean that Jesus Christ has become a servant to the, to the circumcision for the truth of God to confirm the promises made to the fathers? Because our Lord Jesus Christ is the only one who actually fulfilled the spiritual meaning of circumcision because he is the holy one he is separate from the sinner nobody was able to complete the full meaning of circumcision which is the purity and holiness in lips in ear in heart except our lord jesus christ that's why saint paul called him servant of the circumcision mean he fulfilled the spiritual and also the literal meaning of circumcision to prove the 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 truth of god what is what does it mean became a servant to circumcision for the truth of god god in the old testament he said to abraham if you are circumcised, then you will be member in my family, in my people. If you are pure, that is the meaning of circumcision, then you will be member in my family. So nobody was able to do this except Jesus Christ. So he took our nature and with our nature he accepted circumcision in his body, literally in his flesh, and spiritually fulfilling all the law, not breaking a commandment, and also being pure and holy. He took our nature and human nature and make our human nature in him pure and holy. So when we are joined to him through believing in him, being baptized, 
receiving communion, becoming one with Him, and abiding in Him. So in Him, we become spiritually circumcised. In Him, we become pure. In Him, we will be members in the family of God. We'll be citizens of the kingdom of heaven. So Jesus Christ, when he became a servant of circumcision for the truth of God, to prove to God that his promises, to prove to us that the promises of God are true. When God said to Abraham, if you are circumcised, if you are uh, pure in front of me, will be member in me, now in Jesus Christ, this promise that was given to the Father, was given to Abraham, is true. Now we are members in the family of God. That's why St. Paul now said very clear, has become a servant to the circumcision for the truth of God to confirm the promises made to the fathers, to confirm the promises, the promise that God gave to Abraham. The, the covenant of circumcision. If you are pure, then uh, you will be member in my uh, family. Uh, today, while we're uh, praising the, the praises, whisper praises, from Tuesday Theotokia, there is one verse in which, in Arabic, we and he make the, the human being a citizenship, a citizen, sorry, a citizen in heaven. So God did not just make us dwelling in heaven. No, he gave us citizenship. We become citizens in heaven. And this the promise was given to Abraham on the covenant of circumcision. You will be called my people and I will be called your God. You see, many people live here in America, but they don't have the citizenship. Maybe they are visitors, they are on student visa, they are uh, immigrant. They... But to get the citizenship, now you, you have the, the American passport, and it's a very powerful passport. Can you imagine if you have the heavenly citizenship, and you have the heavenly passport, now you are not a visitor, but you, you are a citizen, means you are heir, you can inherit, you are eligible as a son to inherit. That is a covenant of circumcision that God gave to Abraham and to all of us who are on the faith of Abraham. But Abraham took this promise when God actually made a covenant with Abraham, he made the covenant with Abraham, uh, as St. Paul said, uh, when Abraham offered his son Isaac. And God gave him the promise that he will inherit the promised land. St. Paul, in Romans chapter 4 and verse 11, he was wondering whether Abraham take this promise uh, of justification and inheriting the promised land. 
did he took this promise while he was circumcised or while he was uncircumcised? As we read in Romans chapter 4 verse 9, does this blessedness then come upon the circumcised only or upon the uncircumcised also? For we say that faith was accounted to Abraham for righteousness. How then was it accounted while he was circumcised or uncircumcised? The answer, not while circumcised, but while uncircumcised. And he received the sign of circumcision, a seal of the righteousness of the faith, which he had while still uncircumcised. Why? Why this is very important and why St. Paul mentioned it in Romans chapter 4. Abraham believed in God, then God actually justified him and he gave him the blessedness of righteousness and gave him the promise of the promised, uh, the promise of the promised land, the inheritance of the promised land. Then later on he gave him the covenant of circumcision, which means if Abraham took this promise while he is circumcised, means God is only for the Jews. And only the Jewish, the descendant of Abraham, will receive the blessedness of Abraham. But St. Paul, his argument, since Abraham received this promise, this blessedness, while he is uncircumcised, then what is the true circumcision? It is the circumcision of the heart, not the flesh. That's why if the Jewish who is circumcised in the flesh did not walk according to the law, then he is not uncircumcised. He, like the Gentiles, are the same. And the Gentile, if he walks according to the law, although he is uncircumcised in the flesh, but he will be considered circumcised. So Abraham now became father to all, to the Jews and to the Gentiles, to those who walk in the face of Abraham, which means the real meaning of circumcision is not the circumcision of the flesh, but the circumcision of the heart, of the ear, and of the lips. St. Paul inclusions, he connected between baptism and circumcision. In circumcision, as I told you, we cut off the foreskin that is sensitive to the sexual instinct, which is a symbol of impurity. In baptism, we put off the old man with all its uncleanness, with all its impurity, and we put on the new nature in the Lord Jesus Christ. So, all of us, the Christian, who are baptized, we actually are baptized, mean we are spiritually circumcised, because we removed the old man and we put on the new man that is renewed in nature. So, if we apply what St. Paul said about the Jewish person who does not keep 
the law. His circumcision would be considered uncircumcision. In the same way, if we don't obey the commandment of God, then our baptism would be as if nothing. So, yes, we received the new nature, and we received the Holy Spirit in the sacrament of chrismation, and we are united every time we take communion with God, and our sins are forgiven in the sacrament of repentance and confession. But if we don't walk according to the commandment of God, he who loves me keep my commandment, then we are uncircumcised. We are as if, what is the difference between me and the person who is not baptized? Listen to what St. Paul said in Romans chapter 2 and verse 25. For circumcision is indeed profitable if you keep the law. But if you are a breaker of the law, your circumcision has become uncircumcision. Your circumcision has become uncircumcision if I don't keep the law. So, for us, in order for our circumcision, our baptism, to be a true baptism, we need actually to walk according to the calling with which we're called. And that is a Korean letter, we read it every day in the morning, in the first hour of the Agbeya. Walk worthy of the calling with which you were called. Uh, and God chose the eighth day to be the day of circumcision because number eight symbolizes the resurrection. If the Lord Jesus Christ was crucified on the sixth day, Friday, then Sunday will be the eighth day, a new beginning. Uh, you know the days of creation are six, we're still living in the seventh day. When the Lord comes in his second coming, that's the beginning of the eighth day. The new life, new heaven and new earth. So, circumcision was done on the eighth day as a symbol of newness, new life. Even Thomas Sunday, which comes on the eighth day of uh, resurrection, we call it the new Sunday. And it's considered one of the Lord's feasts, minor feast of the Lord. So, in circumcision is considered resurrection. Death and life. Death and resurrection. Because the old man died and the new man now is raised. Saint Cyril of Alexandria he said, as Joshua circumcises the people before crossing the Jordan, in the same way, Christ, by the knife of the Holy Spirit, he circumcised us 
when we pass through the Jordan, through baptism, removing from us all uncleanness and the filthiness of our souls. And this is exactly what St. Paul mentioned in Inclusions chapter 2 and verse 11 and 12. In him, in Jesus Christ, you were also circumcised with the circumcision made without hand. It's done by the Holy Spirit. By putting off the body of sins of the flesh, putting off the body of the sins of the flesh, by the circumcision of Christ. So through the circumcision of Christ, in the, we actually, the Holy Spirit in baptism, put off the body of sins, buried with him in baptism, in which you also were raised with him through faith, in the working of God who raised him from the dead. And then St. Paul continue, And you being dead in your trespasses and the uncircumcision of your flesh, in, in uncleanness of your heart, your lips, your ears, he, Jesus Christ, has made alive together with him, or he, the Father, has made you alive together with him, with Jesus Christ, having forgiven all your trespasses. So, what this feast means to me? Now, we are celebrating the Feast of Circumcision. We attended the Vesper. Tomorrow we'll attend Midnight Praises and we'll attend the Liturgy. What does this feast mean to me? It means to me that Christ came in order to cleanse me, to purify me, to remove from me the filthiness and the uncleanness of the whole body, of the whole spirit, of the whole soul, of the whole heart, to give me a new heart, a new soul, a new spirit, a new mind. So, are we living according to this or not? Yes, all of us were baptized. But baptism is not enough. You need to walk worthy with the calling with which you were called. So, yes, Father. So, uh, I want, while you are here in the monastery, to examine yourself and to ask the Holy Spirit to search your heart in order to see any impurity if your lips are impure, you speak ungodly word, judgment, gossip, cursing, lying, then ask God as the seraphim touched the lips of Isaiah and purified, ask God to touch your lips, to purify your lips from any uncleanness. If your heart is still full of the love of pleasure, lusts of the world, love of money, pride, vanity. Ask God actually to circumcise your heart with the Holy Spirit to remove this old man and to create in you a new heart. Like David, after he fell in his sin, he said, create in me a clean heart, O God. 
remove the old demand, remove the old heart completely and grant me a clean heart. If your ears are not circumcised, if you listen to judgment word, to bad words, bad songs, any anything that unclean or impure, you allow it to enter your ear, into your mind, into your heart, ask God to circumcise your ears. This is actually the real meaning of the feast of circumcision in our life.